Hollywood is full of it. Well, that could be taken a number of ways, couldn't it? Um, Hollywood is full of it, influencing the storyline of so many movies, especially the current glut of the Marvel movies. The end of many TV series where they paint a picture of an impossible predicament, which in turn calls for it. Most, if not all people, at one time in their life have need of it. And that's why it resonates so well, despite its understandable religious flavour. In fact, one denomination founded by William and Catherine Booth in 1865, in 1878 became identified with this name, salvation. You think about the movies that are out at the moment and the the call for a saviour, the call, the cry for help, the TV series that is left on a cliffhanger with a car overturned and a, a, a fuel line that's leaking that could burst into flames and the cry for help all the way through to us today and the times that we might be longing, longing for a saviour. The concept of salvation is one that people have identified with throughout the ages. Partly, I believe, in the hope that if I ever found myself in such a jam, someone would come and be my salvation. For me, it's interesting that even today, with the heightened sense of independence and self uh, reliance, you know, this I've got this attitude or I don't need your help sort of a generation, the theme of salvation still rings true for us today. Movies and TV series gravitate towards a person or a people in need of salvation and it weaves between the layers of our self-defense armor to expose the reality that when it comes down to it, There is comfort in knowing that we have a saviour. And while the setting is different, the story remains the same for an individual like Gideon and a nation like Israel, that they too, like us, were in need of salvation. Gideon also lived in a time of which um, had heightened individuality. A couple of times in the account of Judges, one of whom was Gideon himself, where we hear that the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Not dissimilar to today's proponents of relative truth. And if you, and I would encourage you over the course of this week to do so, if you were to read through the pages of Judges 6, 7 and 8, you'll discover a wider story of Gideon, of which we will look at just one part today. So allow me just a moment for some context. The Midianites were descendants of Midian. Well, there's a no-brainer. Whose dad was Abraham. You might recall that Moses married the daughter of a Midianite priest. The Amalekites were also related to the Israelites through Esau, Now, remember a couple of weeks back, I talked about Jacob and his brother Esau. Well, both the Midianites and the Amalekites were part of a broader family and all descended from Abraham, yet they had a falling out with the Israelites and now we find them killing and stealing 
from their distant relatives, the Israelites. Times were so tough that many of the Israelites were living in caves and in the mountains, starving because of the cruelty of the Midianites. Facing starvation, the Israelites called out for salvation and it came in a time when they least expected it with someone who never anticipated So Gideon is the runt of the litter and he is a descendant from a litter of runts. And we find him at the bottom of a wine press, hidden from view, beating some tares of wheat to get some grain to make some bread and beating up on himself, on his situation and ultimately on God. And just then, God turns up and without introduction says to Gideon, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Now, I'm not sure whether you've ever had someone come and knock on your door only to realize that they had the wrong address. Or perhaps you've received, been on the receiving end of a prank phone call. And I can imagine that's how Gideon felt. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Gideon is lucky to fight his way out of a wet paper bag and he dishes out a reality check to his ignorant and uninvited visitor. With all due respect, sir, if the Lord, if Yahweh God is with us, why has all this happened to us? Then knowing enough of God's story today, Gideon continues, Where are all the miracles that our ancestors told us about? Didn't they, our ancestors, my grandparents, my parents, tell us year after year, every time the Passover celebration came around, they would tell us about how the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Now I know that no one here today can identify with that. No one here today has ever had one of those woe is me moments when you feel as though the world and even God is against you. Well, that was Gideon's situation. And, on, and to top it off, God says to Gideon, go in the strength that you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Now, obviously, Gideon's visitor is a bit slow on the uptake. Perhaps he's really lost. But, sir, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. Sir, once again, with all due respect, what's going on with your powers of comprehension? and observation. They leave a lot to be desired. The Lord's response to Gideon, I will be with you. There are times for many of us that when we can feel as though God is either asleep at the wheel, absent or oblivion, uh, oblivion, oblivion, yes, oblivion, about what is going on in our life. I hope I don't do that on the radio on Wednesday. Um, <laughs> Uh, But God's story is the story of the life of Gideon and it's a powerful reminder 
of our reality is not the whole reality. That, that it's not to deny about how you feel, but sometimes our feelings are not all that our situation is involving, that there is more than just the feelings that we're experiencing. Where Gideon feels fear, God speaks words of favour. Where Gideon feels himself as being minuscule, God sees someone who is mighty. Where Gideon feels that God has abandoned him, God declares, I am with you. Where Gideon wants to hide, God wants Gideon to stand up and be counted. Where Gideon sees weakness, God brings strength. And when Gideon lacks confidence, God brings confirmation. Remember, Gideon was experiencing life from his vantage point, from the bottom of a wine press, whereas God sees um, the story of humanity as one timeless state and speaks about the future prophetically into the present with a desire to transform Gideon's life and his outlook. Gideon's life was in need of salvation, in need to be rescued from his perspective and from his situation. It's so easy to simplify our perspective on our situation that if it's not going well, then it's obvious that God is absent and he doesn't love us anymore. But here, Gideon is reminded that God is in fact not absent. He is in fact very present. That the situation that the Israelites found themselves in was as as a result of not a lack of God's love for them, but out of their own rebelliousness. Rather than God abandoning his people, his people had abandoned God. Even Gideon's own family had turned to worship an idol. God was still there, lovingly calling his people back to himself. As crude as it may sound, idolatry is like saying that you love your spouse when there is another person occupying the marriage bed with you. Gideon's perspective on the situation needed salvation. God has not abandoned you. I am here to save you. Gideon's view of himself needed salvation, God's salvation. God needed to save Gideon from the whole woe is me attitude to a why not me opportunity. Growing up in a family that is looked down on as being the least in his family as well, poked fun at, overlooked, fighting for survival, carries a significant weight that wears you down. You can end up feeling powerless. But God saw Gideon, not as powerless, but as a partner. God is not looking for some passive person. That's why God said to Gideon, go in the strength that you have. I am commissioning you. I will empower you. I am with you. It would be nice to think that that was all that was involved in the transformation of Gideon's life. But in reality, Gideon continued to be challenged with self-doubt. 
and a lack of confidence, which over time, and it took time for that to decrease. You see, often people have mistakenly assumed that Gideon's laying out of a fleece was about um, discovering God's will for his life. God had already called Gideon to deliver Israel from the Midianites. Gideon had already called to arms his countrymen to fight the Midianites. This was not about trying to discern what do you want me to do, God, with my life. That was not the purpose of the fleece. The laying of the fleece was not about trying to understand God's will for his life. It was about self-doubt and a lack of confidence. You see, Gideon saw himself as a shadow of the man that God saw him. In chapter 6, verse 17, if you are truly going to help me, show me a sign. Chapter 6, verse 36, if you are truly going to use me to rescue the Israelites as you promise. Chapter 7, verse 10, God says to Gideon, but if you are afraid to attack, go down. You see, Gideon wasn't looking so much for a sign, but for reassurance. Gideon would have been called a failure by some people today in Christian circles that have this unflinching faith. Gideon struggled to see himself as God saw him, to believe that God might truly... But still, filled with self-doubt, Gideon was prepared to trust God and step out in faith and obedience. Obedience that saw him come to the point where he was able to worship God in the midst of the enemy camp. Now that takes guts. That takes bravery. That takes confidence that God is on your side. But Gideon's salvation was not just for himself, but he was called by God to be an agent of transformation for his people, bringing hope, bringing freedom, bringing justice and calling people back to God. God's story throughout history is to bring salvation to people and God wants to partner with us through Jesus. Salvation is not just about a get out of hell free card. Salvation, God's saving of us is to help us now today in the situations that seem impossible from our perspective. When we encounter God, it changes our perspective, the situations in life, especially where we feel God is absent. These are the rich, the fertile soil for God to sow seeds in us, seeds of hope. God is not absent, but God wants to work in us and through us. How does God see our situation? What's God's perspective on what I'm going through right now? And how can I see what I'm facing right now with the possibilities? Because God is... Not only does God want to be at work in transforming our perspective, but also in the way we see our potential. You see, God wants to partner with us. Can you believe that? God chooses to work in us and through us, to partner with us. God wants to be able to work, be at work in your life and through your life for us to bring to God the strength that we have and allow God's calling, God's enabling, 
God's empowering, not just to help ourselves, but to change the situation and the circumstances of others around us and across the globe. For Moses, God said, what's that in your hand? It was Moses' staff and it featured in many of the miracles of God. For a young boy with five loaves and two fish, Jesus fed 5,000 plus people and God wants to partner with you. God's work of salvation is not over in your life. Calling for God's salvation to help you to see things from God's perspective. Calling on God's salvation to see yourself as God sees you. Partnering with God, bringing your abilities that you have as God's agent of transformation in the lives of others. What an amazing opportunity to see God at work in the work of salvation in the lives of Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that salvation is not just about a future state. It's not about just a guarantee that we're going to not spend eternity in hell. Lord, that salvation is so much more. It's about a personal relationship that transforms our perspective, the way we see ourselves, the way we see our situation that you do not abandon us, but you want to be at work, not just for ourselves, but to help transform the lives of others. As Lord, help us, to be, help us to be willing to cry out, to call out to you in the day-to-day tasks of life and to say, hey God, I'd love your help so that I can do it that honours you. As we take some time to respond to the things that God might be saying to us, that I'd encourage you to pull out those cards and on those cards... There's um, a couple of questions that I'd like you to to consider responding to. There might be something else that you want to make a note of. But what areas of your life need God's salvation? Is there an area that you feel you're struggling with? An area that you are crying out for hope? What area in your life needs God's salvation? The other thing might be that you might want to respond by saying, okay, God, What strength might you bring? What strength might I bring that with God's partnership could transform the lives of what gifts, abilities, um, experiences? What's the strength that I have that with God's partnership could transform the lives of others? There's going to be some music played and I encourage you to take some time to respond to the things that God's saying today. God bless you.